0: Well, good morning, Mosaic. We're really glad that you're here. Welcome, everybody. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Kurt, and uh, I'm the pastor here at Mosaic, and I serve alongside a directional team of people, some men and women who are some of the most delightful people to serve alongside. And, uh, man, I tell you, just the, the... the quality of people that make up Mosaic. I love it. Um, Thank you to our worship leaders leading us this morning. Um, We had some keys added to our worship. Wasn't that nice? That was great. Uh, Man, I tell you, last week I was able to get away and visit a family member, my dad, in the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. Carissa, if you were here, blessed us with just a great uh, message. And so, I, I just love this place. Don't you love this place? Isn't it great? Um, so many wonderful people. I love watching what all of you do um, throughout the week. And even before all that you do, I, I just love who you are. Like, just, Mosaic, you guys, like, you really are the salt and light of the earth. Um, and you're a little spicy too, which I kind of like, you know? You're not just the salt and the earth, you know, light, you're a little spicy. You know, might take a little bit getting used to, especially you, Spencer. I'm watching you right there, you know, a little spicy. I love you. I love you. Um, I love that song, actually, that uh, uh, Jordan was playing for us when I came up here. So the name of the song was The Outsiders, and we didn't even plan this. Um, but this morning, we're going to kind of talk about being a, a a people that steps out in the world and, like, really just having an awareness of maybe those who feel like they're on the outside. Um, That's a painful place to be, right? I mean, how many of us, you felt like you were on the outside at one time or another, right? All of us. We've had that experience. I still remember 11 years old, and my family moved, and we we moved like an hour away, went to a place I had never been before. So, you know, when you're 11, moving an hour away feels like a whole other land. And I was going into, what, sixth grade at that time. And I think I'm still unpacking feeling like an outsider. You know, you show up and all these kids know each other. And you feel like there's this whole, like, system in place. And, you know, do I fit in? Do I belong here? And there's all kind of these, these like, you know, boundaries that are set in place. And, like, am I falling within the boundaries? And, and where it gets really scary then is, like, um, you expect that, you know, in a lot of pockets and places in the world. But then it can really hurt when you maybe step into a church community, a community of Jesus people, and, and then you experience like, uh-oh, maybe I don't fit in here, right? I, I think I might be asking the wrong questions, and my questions aren't welcome here. I think I might be thinking some things, and I'm not sure my thoughts are welcome, I think I might be, like, really loving some people because I really feel like God is asking me to reach out and love people. And I'm not sure whether those people would be welcome here or not. I mean, how many of us have experienced that from time to time, right? And, like, that's that's really where it really shakes you at your core. Uh, But this morning, we want to keep exploring together this idea of, um, Jesus, what is the vision that you want to give us You know, ultimately as the church, we're sent out from this place after we gather to be a certain way in the world. And so what are we called to be as we step out? And more than anything, Mosaic, I hope that this morning we can catch a really, really strong vision from Jesus that we are called to be a community that seeks the restoration of people back into just like communal peace and communal belonging. And that more than anything, that we would be a people that would share with anyone and everyone we meet, that Jesus welcomes you as you are. And Jesus ultimately, as he welcomes you, will bring about the transformation that he desires in your life. And we're here to walk alongside you, and we're not going to control you and manipulate you. Um, We're not going to kind of, you know, bring our desires for how we'd like to see change and transformation in your life. But we believe that as we just really kind of lead you to Jesus, that he's going to bring about just the healing and the transformation and the restoration that he desires in your life. So this morning, I, I get the privilege of walking us through a gospel account that's one of my favorite narratives in Scripture. There's something about this, and I think it's because it it resonates with me, and I hope it resonates with you in a very powerful way because it's the story of a woman who was an outsider. And um, she really wasn't welcome um, because there were all kinds of just rigid boundaries and walls and divisions that were built around her. Uh, And Jesus, in a very powerful public way, is going to tear down and dismantle these walls and these barriers and these divisions. And I hope more than anything that any of us here, if you are feeling in any kind of way like, Boy, I don't know, if people really knew who I was, if people really knew what I'm thinking, what I'm wrestling with, if people really knew the struggle going on inside of me, would I really be welcome Would I really have a home? Like I I hope that you sense in a very strong way that Jesus welcomes you just as you are in that place. And that together, all of us, as we are gathering around Jesus in his presence, in his lordship, in leadership in our life, um, he will direct us, he will lead us, he will guide us. So, in light of that, too, let me let me say this. As we are talking about kind of Jesus, give us this vision of the kind of people that we're to be out in the world. If you're here, um, one of the things that we love to do throughout the year is we love to engage in um, some baptism celebrations. Baptism is one of these beautiful, visible expressions of what our union with Jesus looks like, that as we kind of have this experience with this water, you know, kind of, dunking people in this water, getting them all wet. It's just this picture of like just being just kind of buried in the love of Christ, right? In just his acceptance of us, but being raised to a new life. That now there's this opportunity to step out and just follow Jesus and become the person that he's calling us to be. If you've never been baptized and if you would like to take that step, We would love to celebrate that step in your life. Um, So if you've been thinking about that, just would you come and talk to me or talk to someone else that you know here at Mosaic? If it's easier for you to talk to them and send them then to come talk to me. We would love to talk with you because we want to schedule a a baptism celebration coming up in the near future. And we would love to celebrate that step in your life. What do you say, huh? So yeah, just consider that if you haven't been baptized. Powerful, powerful um, experience. And it's just one of those things. It's almost just kind of a, a magical, mysterious moment, right? Like, you can't explain it. But there's just this sense of, like, man, you know, like, Jesus welcomes me just as I am, and he covers me in his love, and he raises me to new life, and this is just a beautiful thing. So, a message for the outsiders. Here we go. Um, Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. The words will be on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. So Jesus went with him. Let's pause here for a moment. There's, there's a story going on within a story here. So Jesus is going to go with Jairus. Jairus has just come to Jesus. And Jesus has a lot of controversy going on about him right now because he's, he's doing some ministry in an unclean part of Israel, in an unclean part of the ancient Near East. Um, it's not where good religious people hung out. And then, not only that, but he's actually restoring people who, like, people, The religious people didn't go near these people. So there's this demon-possessed man that Jesus is restoring, and then what Jesus does is he sends the demons into pigs. So now Jesus is inviting pigs into the story, and if you're a good Jew at that time, you don't have any with, association with pigs, Right. So there's all of this kind of unclean stuff going on. And then in the midst of this, this man, Jairus, comes to Jesus. And he's like, my daughter is seriously ill. I think she's going to pass. And so Jesus is going to go with him. But, of course, all of the religious people who are, like, questioning Jesus, like, man, he's, he's like, messing around with some really rigid, strict boundaries that we've set up in place for good reasons. They're asking the question, is Jesus, because we know this girl's going to die, because that's how the world works. She's very sick, and so she's going to die. By the time Jesus gets to Jairus' house, is Jesus going to interact with a corpse, which is an unclean act? You don't do this. There were very strict, rigid boundaries. And so all of the religious people of the day, they're wondering, how is Jesus going to do this? So, Jesus goes with Jairus, all right? So, that's one story that's going on. That's kind of the, the, the sandwich bread, all right? Now, we're going get to get to the peanut butter and jelly in the middle, and we'll get to Jairus in a little bit, too. So, a large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Um, Taylor, you played rugby, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, when you play rugby, like, it's just, everybody's touching everybody, right? It's kind of like, this is kind of a rugby, rugby match going on here, you know? I mean, it's like, there's just a huge crowd that Jesus is passing through. I mean, no one stops a rugby match and says, you know, who touched me? You know, everybody's touching everybody. So, so Jesus here, he's, he's kind of, he's pausing right here because he wants the crowd to catch this. Jesus knows who touched him. We'll, we'll get to more of this in a minute, all right? But this is a, a defining moment in Jesus' ministry. I fully believe it. A defining moment in his ministry. He, he wants to say something very clear to the crowd. And, and all of their boundaries that they're used to, all of the walls and barriers and divisions that say, you know, if you want to, if you want to experience the divine, if you want to experience God, you've got to fit within these boxes. You've got to fit within these, these, these kind of barriers and systems that we've created. Verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, because of this woman's condition that she had been living in for the last 12 years, um, she had really been cut off from society. She was considered unclean. Um, Most likely, if she was married at one point in time, her husband would have divorced her. Um, therefore, um, her livelihood would have been at great risk um, in this kind of patriarchal culture that was there at that time. But, um, so, so not only is this woman experiencing this medical condition, um, but there's, there's uh, her whole interaction with society around her and her whole desire to experience kind of the love of God, it was, it was completely cut off. I mean, she was an outsider. She did not fit in. And all of us have experienced that in some type of way, right? Maybe it hasn't been bleeding for 12 years, but it's been because of just questions that we've asked, right? Things that we've maybe felt God stirring within us and others saying, I'm not sure whether that's welcome here. Um, Maybe it's something that we've done, you know? And it's like, I don't know, if people really knew this, I don't know if they would fully welcome me right we've all experienced this sense of being an outsider and so jesus wants to bring this front and center mosaic more than anything we need to understand that that god's people here they're desiring to they're desiring to be holy right they understand that that god has brought them near that god has made them his people so that they can be set apart to live according to his purposes but but their holiness has actually become a barrier to actually accomplishing the real purposes of God and what he's desiring to do. In more than anything, Mosaic, a purity culture, which, which they had then idolized through their barriers, their walls, their divisions, a purity culture idolizing holiness established by rigid boundaries will never be a kingdom of Restoration. Jesus, he, he, needs, he needs his followers to understand this. He needs kind of the, the, the Jews at this time to understand this. Um, and, and at this time, guys, Jewish society was filled with all kinds of divisions and walls, all kinds of, of classifications. You had, at the highest level, you had priests who were leading the people, but you had a high priest And then you had a chief priest, you had regular priests, and then you had Levites. And so all of these people fit into these categories. And then amongst the larger Jewish culture itself, you had those who were observant Jews and those who were non-observant Jews. You had those who were Essenes. They had kind of withdrawn, and, and their relationship with God was a very kind of private matter, kind of out in the wilderness, Uh, You had Pharisees, those who had kind of built these rigid boundaries of kind of observing God's law. You had Sadducees who had kind of united themselves with power structures of the day. You had Zealots, those who were really eager to bring about change. And so they would even engage in kind of just, you know, uh, violent kind of angry behavior. You had proselytes, those who had kind of maybe you know, slowly converted to Judaism. And then you had God-fearers, those who were Gentiles, but yet they still somehow you know, feared God. So you had all of these divisions amongst the culture itself. And then, also within the culture, you had strong divisions between male and female, right? There were rules for males, there were rules for females, and these were very clearly defined. You had divisions uh, between adults and children. Children were almost kind of second class citizens at this time, but very strong divisions that were there. You had divisions from old and young, from um, the sick, from the healthy clean and unclean categories for both humans and animals, who is fit for the temple and who's not fit for the temple. Um, And then even in the temple itself, you had various courts as to where people could go. So you had a court for the Gentiles, that was kind of way out back. You had a court for Jewish women, maybe they could come a little closer. Then you had a court for those who were the observant Jews, those for the priests, and then an area that only the high priest could go into. So there's all these just divisions, you know, that are present there. And and thankfully our world has changed and we don't have all those divisions anymore, right? Yeah, right? All these, I mean, it was like classificationitis, you know? If you could put like a, a, a doctor's like diagnosis on this, this is what it was. I mean, this society was marked by classificationitis. And everyone had their their place in the midst of all of these walls and barriers and rigid structures. And this woman was suffering as a result of this society that had, come, that had kind of come forward. And Jesus is going to say, enough of this. Enough of this. Enough of all of this classificationitis." This woman has access to me. This woman has access to me. In the midst of the the narrative, um, Jesus asked the question, right, who touched me? And and what Jesus needs is Jesus needs the crowd to understand. He's going to bring this front and center because he wants the crowd to understand that this woman is welcome here. Um, Jesus doesn't become unclean by the woman's touch. This is what the crowd would have thought. If, if they touch this woman, if they have interaction with this woman, somehow they're going to be unclean. They're, they're going to be somehow less than ideal of being the people of God that God has called them to be. But Jesus is saying, look, I'm not becoming unclean by allowing this woman to come and touch. But actually, this woman is becoming clean and experiencing a restoration and a transformation because she's allowed to touch Jesus. And Jesus needs the crowd to understand this. There's been a lot of studies that have been done. This is where it gets really fun. Let's talk about negative dominance for a while. Um, Jeff, you probably know this. I think, you know, one of, one of the favorite authors that Jeff and I like to, to read, he's, he's done some studies of uh, the idea of negative dominance. For instance, this is this, a little gross, okay, but come along with me if you will, all right? So all of you have some spit in your mouth right now, right? Go ahead, swish it around. Feel it. Interact with it. You know? Go ahead, gather gather a little bit of it up, right? It's okay. You're okay with it, right? I mean, maybe it's not super pleasant, but you're like, it's all right. It belongs there. It's at home there, all right? Now, if I really allowed you to kind of work it up, you know, and then I, I was going to give you like some plastic Dixie cups this morning, but I thought, man, maybe we'll go too far. I don't want to scare the children. I don't want to scare the children. But if I gave you some plastic Dixie cups, all right, and, and if I had you expel that spit from your mouth that you had worked up, now we're faced with a scenario. What if I invited you to drink that spit? Well, hold on a second, because just a few seconds ago, you didn't have any problem with this being in your mouth. But once you make the conscious choice to expel this from your presence, negative dominance comes into play. Right? That if you somehow bring this back into your body, this is going to impact you in some kind of negative, gross way. Right? We, we have to understand this. Now let's take it a step further, right? Um, let's say that I opened up, you know, um, a bottle of silver oak, you know, a nice $100 bottle of Cabernet, poured you all a little glass, you know, it goes down silky smooth, you know, it's got that nice oaky flavor, right? But what if a fly were to just somehow like park in there, right? Um, I always joke with my wife because, you know, if we're enjoying a beverage outside um, in the summertime, you know, the moment Nicole's beer becomes my beer is when the fly lands in the beer, right? She's done, like she's done. Like it's just a fly, you know, there's still 12 ounces of really good stuff there. Like, just scoop the fly out, and it's it's okay, you know? But for a lot of us, like, no, ne- like, negative dominance wins out. That, that impure thing has been brought in, and I am not touching that, right? It's like the moment you can be enjoying a beautiful pool, and it's so refreshing, but all of a sudden you feel like a warm kind of, you're like, whoa, whoa, this is not okay. I mean, like, negative dominance wins out, you know? You're like, I am not okay with this. Um, and so th- th- through this sociological study, there's this, this strong sense that this is the kind of people that we are. Now, let's just let's just bring this into real life. Th- imagine that feeling like you're, you know, you're you're kind of in your happy place, you're swimming in a pool on a really hot day, the water's refreshing, and you know that feeling like, oh, oh I just felt something warm, you know? Ooh. Now, I wonder. I wonder if I said a name of a person. What would bring you the same reaction? Or a certain group of people? What if I were to say the name Hillary Clinton? Would would you get that same reaction? Or what if I were to say the name Donald Trump? Would you get that same reaction? What if I were to say, um, you know, a straight person who has really rigid rigid boundaries that everyone should be straight would you get that reaction or what if i said what if what if a gay person would you get that reaction or what a liberal or a conservative right or what about someone who maybe reads a little portion of scripture a little different than you do you know would you get that same reaction because negative dominance is strong within us And I think what Jesus wants to do with the crowd here is he wants to deal with this this negative dominance that's often at work in our lives and that's so often at work in the society around us. And Jesus is saying, if you want to be a people who are gaining a vision of the kind of society that I'm building, we have to deal with this negative dominance that's at work around us. All of the walls and barriers and divisions and rigid boundaries that we've built – Not that we can't talk about these things, not that we can't work through them, but we have to make space where we can come together and ultimately say, hold on a second, Jesus is making room for everyone here to be a part of this. And together, Jesus is going to lead us forward as to how we're going to be his people in the world. So it's important for us to realize, guys, a purity culture idolizing holiness established by rigid boundaries will never be a kingdom of restoration. The good news, the good news of God's kingdom of restoration proclaims this. Your identity is not defined by unlovely chapters of your story. Any, any kind of experience that you've had where you feel like maybe I'm not welcome here. Maybe I don't fit in. If people really knew what's going on, I felt like in this environment people were trying to make me fit a mold. I felt like they were trying to force me into something. All of that unloveliness that you've experienced, that does not define you. Jesus says to this woman something very profound. So first Jesus is dealing with the crowd and he wants the crowd to understand that what you've built isn't a part of my kingdom. But then, what Jesus wants this woman to understand is look, you have access to me. I am going to restore and transform your life as you come near to me, and you have access. But then Jesus says something to her as she goes. And Jesus simply says this Go in peace. And in a real kind of literal translation, Jesus would be saying, Go into peace. Go into peace. Because a lot of us, by experiencing some of the rigid boundaries and kind of being forced and manipulated and controlled in a lot of ways, it has caused a lot of unrest in our lives. It's a struggle, right? That stuff clings to you and hangs on to you. You don't know whether you can trust a community of people again or not. All of a sudden, you're skeptical of everyone around you maybe even people in your own family, and how can we build a kingdom of restoration when we're just hurt, skeptical people who have never taken that journey into peace that Jesus wants to invite this woman into? Go into peace. He wants this woman to know, look, this, this unlovely experience of being an outsider This does not define you. And it's not a switch that we can just, you know, it's not like peace just turns on and, hey, you're restored. Now, she does experience a healing in that moment. But now I believe Jesus is is kind of ushering her into this new experience moving forward of actually going forward into peace. And that, when Jesus is inviting her into peace, he's inviting her into shalom would be the Hebrew concept, right? Which is, it's more than just an absence of conflict, but it's actually like a deep wholeness, uh, like an inner well-being. It's a sense that I've been restored to community around me, that, that when that name, when it was mentioned, or when that group of people, when it was mentioned, and it would make me go, oof. You know that feeling, like when you're in the pool and the warm water comes in, you're like, oof. Like all of a sudden, you don't experience that anymore. How beautiful would it be if we could actually go out and be a people? Not that we have to agree with everything, right? I mean, we've got real issues we have to work through out in our society. But how beautiful it would be that if we interact with an issue that's different than us, that first, our first reaction wouldn't be oof. You know? But that it would be, okay, that's not right. That's not right. But it's not oof. That's not right, but I want that person to know that 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 person has access to Jesus, and, and we can do this. We can move forward together, you know? I mean, it's a tragedy when, and, and that's why sharing, sharing tables and sharing meals is one of our practices as a church, you know, especially sharing tables and sharing meals with people who are different than us, people who are our enemies, people who think differently than us. And so the second point is that the identity of others is not defined by unlovely chapters of their stories. Do we have the ability to see beyond what first presents itself when we interact with a person? This can start right in our own home or our own workplace. Will we allow Jesus to to lead us into peace, into a shalom that, that when I interact with someone... That, that that person doesn't have to be defined by what I feel is the unloveliness that they're bringing, but maybe there's something beyond that. Am I able to see that? And Jesus, through his presence and breaking down of barriers, restores unlovely chapters into beautiful stories. So guys, as we, as we kind of close, here's, here's another thing that I want to hit on in the midst of this idea of going into peace. Because I, I think a lot of us here at Mosaic, we understand that, that okay, this a purity culture of, of holiness and being set apart um, with rigid boundaries, like, no, that's not what Jesus wants. And, and a lot of us have, have suffered at the hands of those kind of cultures. I know I did. I had, I had a strong moment, like about seven years ago, where I got the sense from other brothers and sisters in Christ that I'm not welcome here as I am. And it hurt. Now what happened at that moment in my life, and and I needed to, I needed to step away from that environment and I needed to focus on a lot of self-care. I needed self-care. But I've also learned as I've walked that journey that a purity culture idolizing self-care and protection will never fully be a kingdom of restoration. Because what what happened is, is... I experienced this hurt at the hands of this purity culture idolizing holiness. And so I needed to step away from that. And then I had to kind of build up some boundaries and walls around me initially, which was good. It was healthy. I needed to do that. And maybe some of you are in that place right now. And I encourage you, like, stay in that place. It's okay to be in that place. But I do believe that Jesus wants to give us a vision beyond that place. Because if Jesus is inviting this woman to go into peace... He doesn't want her just to stay in a place of self-care and self-protection either. Um, and so, for me, what that looked like is, is, you know, I needed to get around people who who um, really thought like I thought. Like, I, I needed to know that I, just, I have a place of belonging here. I need to know that I'm, I'm safe. And I, I kind of, you know, just really, like, just dove into, like, a ton of podcasts. You know, like, community wasn't a... A strong point in my life. I, I had really no desire to like notice other people or belong to a larger community because doing that in the past had hurt. Um, and, and I think in our day and age, it, it can be very easy sometimes coming out of places of hurt that if we're not careful, we can miss out on the on the journey of going into peace if we stay in a place of idolizing self care and self protection. And so I don't know where you're at on your journey right now, you know, but, but maybe, maybe you're just entering into that place of self-care and self-protection. Good for you. Like, it's okay to stay there for a while, but maybe you've been there for a while, and maybe Jesus is kind of now ushering you to say, hey, come on, let's, let's go, let's go. You know, like, you, you can be a part of a larger community of restoration in what I'm doing. I want you to start noticing how you can play more of a part in what's happening whether it's at Mosaic, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, whatever it is, right? Jesus will give you that vision for what it is if you you begin to seek it out. Because ultimately, Mosaic, the end goal of holiness and self-care is not holiness and self-care. The end goal of holiness and self-care is love of neighbor, breaking down walls of division, and restoration of everyone into community. So I wonder what that will look like for you, to go into peace. Maybe right now, you know, for you, just to know that I have access to Jesus just as I am. You know, there's there's no shame. I don't have to hide. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. Jesus welcomes me to come and experience his healing, Right? Jesus welcomes me to come and experience new life in him. Um, so maybe for some of you this morning, like, that's just, that, that's your next step right now. That's your next step. Maybe for some of you, you're coming out of a place where you've been hurt by just rigid walls and barriers. And, and like, you have experienced that touch of Jesus, and now he's like, I, I do need to focus on just some self-care and, and protection. That's good. Keep doing that, you know? But don't end there, because maybe, just maybe for some of you, now it's moving beyond that. And it's entering into the risk of loving others and creating a space for others that are very different from you, right? That our society doesn't make space for that. And together we can see what Jesus does in the midst of that. So that's my hope for us, Mosaic, as we keep moving forward in being this kind of people together. So I want to invite Landon and Rachel to come back up. And um, as they lead us, um, I invite you to, to come on down this center aisle right here when you're ready. Um, our practice here each and every week is simply to um, remember Jesus' invitation that you are welcome at his table, right? He prepares this table for each of us. Um, the bread of life, right? Drink the water that He offers. You'll never thirst again, right? Eat the bread that He delivers to you. You'll never hunger. Like, it's just, you'll, you'll, you'll experience this soul-satisfying sense of like, yeah, this is good. Um, forgiveness is yours. The love of the divine is yours, just as you are. Um, But I want to invite you this morning as you come forward that you would know that in a very tangible way. But also, I invite you maybe as you come forward, you know, in the midst of the story, what I love is this woman, all she needs to do is she just needs to touch just the edge of Jesus' cloak. You know, and she knows that just that touch brings a very tangible inner healing to her. And I want to invite you as you come to these tables, maybe just take your fingers and just pause there at the table and just, just touch the edge of that fabric, and uh, I, I don't know what, what kind of healing you need in your life right now, you know? Um, but I believe that Jesus can meet you there and that he can provide that. And he's gonna send you out into a greater sense of peace, a greater sense of shalom as you leave this place. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your kingdom. Your kingdom that is open to all. Your kingdom that dismantles divisions and walls and barriers. Your kingdom that invites us out of control and into participation and trust and surrender. So God, we do that in this moment and uh, we, we pray just that um, the presence of Christ here as he has prepared these tables for us, inviting each of us, um, that the presence of Christ would bring about just a, a healing and transformation in our lives. And that we would be sent out uh, looking for ways that, that we can be uh, restorers, restorers of, of, of relationships, restorers of neighborhoods, restorers of the greater culture around us. bringing bringing beauty and hope where there's only so much division and ugliness and name-calling and this and that. So yeah, God, we thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen.